Good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing today? You guys paying attention? I asked you a question. How are you guys doing today? All right, all right. Good to hear from you. So uh, it's good to have you guys here. I'm, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for being a part of our family growing. Our family is growing. Isn't that awesome? Our family is growing. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Do you remember the day that you got baptized? How special the day that was? And, and uh, it's growing in all ways. We had, a, we had a brand new worship leader today. Uh, Natalie, didn't she tear it up up here? That was awesome, wasn't it? As, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's all right. This is what it feels like when your family grows. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to scoot over because we got new people coming. Get over there. That's what it feels like. We got to move over, got to move over in, in all areas of ministry when it, the church starts growing. But this is a good thing. It's a good thing that, that God is blessing us and we're a part of, of our family growing through baptism and through people being saved. Hey, I got to, uh, I want to uh, talk to you today about, and I'm, I'm concluding this message, first things today, and I want to talk to you about what I believe is the first thing that we tend to forget, and that is actually remembering the Sabbath. Now, you might be thinking, oh, man, he's going to talk about remembering Sabbath, but just hang on for a second, because I'm going to talk to you, and I'm going to look at the Old Testament, but I'm going to talk about what it means for us. I'm going to address remembering the Sabbath, and how does it really relate to us as New Covenant believers. So what I want to do is I want to go back, and I want to define it, and I want to discuss it, And what it means to us as followers of Christ and why I believe that it is a forgotten first thing. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for bringing us here today. And thank you for the people that got baptized. Thank you for the worship that's going on in your house. I pray, Lord, that right now we will take this moment and lean in to receive what your spirit wants to say to us today. Minister in and through your servant today as we talk about a very important day. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you need to relax. Because where we're going today, that's really what the Sabbath is about, but it's going to take us a little bit to get there. And I don't have a lot of time here. Okay, let's, I'm going to ask you something. When I say, remember the Sabbath, what do you think of? Or you think of, do you think of, hey, we need to, remembering the Sabbath, we need to go to church. Maybe that's what you think of. Or maybe you think of Old Testament Jewish Hebrew law. Uh, remember the Sabbath. Sister, will you get me a bottle of water? Real quick. Yeah. So, uh, this is, I don't want to miss this, okay? I'm just going to take a side note here. If you took part in our seven-day fast, today is the day that we get to eat. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, for some reason, during all this, I, I'm very dehydrated, so I forgot to bring a bottle of water up here. So, that is a big deal. So, here's what I want to say to you if you took part in this, and you can take part, we do this every year, get ready for God to move in your life in an incredible way. Get ready. Now, I know that we don't fast to, to get something from God, but I'm telling you, you won't give something up for God that God does not return in your life, something that you've been praying for. So get ready because God is going to move greatly in your life, and I believe that God is going to move in a great way at Faith Co. Church. You believe that? Say Amen. I'm excited for what God is going to do in this new season. And, and, I, and if you've never fasted before and you took this seven days, I don't care what you gave up. Maybe you just gave up water. Maybe you just, I'm sorry. Thank you. Can't give up water for seven days. Uh, I saw this. 
Maybe you just gave up coffee. Maybe you gave up sweets. Maybe you gave up carbs. Whatever you gave up, I believe God is going to bless you. If, you. if you took that seven days and if you gave up food for seven days, hey, that's very tough. And it was, it was rough about Wednesday. We're all irritable. Don't talk to, you know. But at the same time, what happens is we think about when we're not eating those French fries, right? When we're not eating French, and instead we're drinking another glass of water, we're thinking about, hey, I'm doing this because I want to get closer to God. And something about robbing the human nature brings us closer to God. Well, I want to tell you something. God is going to move in your life for the sacrifices that you made. If you believe that, say amen. All right. Well, let's keep moving here. So once again, the question is, what do you think of when I say, when I say remember the Sabbath? I grew up conservative Pentecost. I mean, really conservative Pentecost. And I thank God from my Pentecostal roots. I grew up where you didn't, we didn't wear shorts, man. We didn't wear shorts. I remember swimming at, we'd go to Sulphur to those springs and as a youth trip, and we'd all be wearing sweats. <laughs> you know, I, I know that sounds crazy, but you know, in the 80s, it was wrong, man. It was called mixed, what was the term called? It was called mixed bathing. Mixed bathing, that's what, what they called it. I was like, we're not bathing, we're jumping in, we're swimming, you know. You didn't, you didn't wear shorts, and you didn't go to movies, and man, you didn't go to school dances. You didn't, that's, I was raised in an environment like that. And the Sabbath was the Lord's day, and here's what we, you know, Sunday rolls around. You did not go out. You didn't do anything. You went home on the Sabbath until sundown, and you ate lunch, and then you went to bed. That's what we did on the Sabbath. I remember 10 years old, we'd all have lunch. We were over there, and I'd look out my window, and all my friends would be, you know, riding motorcycles, playing. It was a play day, just a fun day to enjoy themselves, and I was looking through the window at 10 years old thinking, man, I don't know about this. I really, yeah, son, what are you doing? Get to bed. You know, I'd be staring at the ceiling, thinking to myself, man, I don't know about this. Fast forward, now that I'm 50 years old, what if somebody told you, because I know how to fix it, hey, listen, after today... You have to eat lunch and you have to go home and go straight to bed and rest for the entire day. What does that sound like? That sounds like something I want to do. Well, how, do you know, how many of you know that that was what the Sabbath was, was made for? I believe that there's been a little bit of a confusion around that, and that's why I'm talking about it, why it's the first thing and how I believe that we've lost sight of it. Let's go to Mark, the second chapter, and the 23rd verse. There's this discussion about the Sabbath that Jesus brings up, and he, he actually identifies it, he defines it, and he also says that he is the authority of it, so what he says goes about the Sabbath. Mark 2 and 23 says, On the Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through the grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain? Now, obviously, They're exaggerating. They're not harvesting grain. But why are they harvesting grain on the Sabbath? But Jesus looks at them, and he goes into this conversation about what David did in the Old Testament, how he ate bread from the temple, how he was breaking the law. But he did that because of of some uh, because he met the needs of the men that David was trying to minister to. Well, the twenty seventh verse says. Then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people. Let me read that again. The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements or the requirements of the law of the Sabbath. 
So the Son of Man is, is Lord even over the Sabbath. So what we see is Jesus establishes his authority. He says, I am Lord of the Sabbath, so I'm, I make rules about the Sabbath. Another thing he does is he is revealing God's ultimate purpose of the Sabbath. So what is the purpose of the Sabbath? Well, I believe that God made the Sabbath, according to the scripture, we believe that God made the Sabbath to remind us to, first of all, to stop. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to stop. In Exodus 20 and 8, we're going back into the Old Testament. This is where the, the Ten Commandments are given to us. And along with those Ten Commandments, this is the one of the, one of the Ten Commandments was to remember the Sabbath. And this is one of the laws or the explanation behind that commandment. It says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have how many days a week? You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day that is, the seventh day on the Jewish calendar is actually Saturday. Their Sabbath is a Saturday. On the seventh day is, or the seventh day is the Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord. It is a day of what? It is a day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may, may do any work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock. Your, even your animals can't work. The people that visit your house can't work. The foreigners. Nobody can work. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens. This is the example given in Exodus. In creation, this is the example. For six days, the Lord... Uh, in six, Let's see. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he did what? He rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Last week we talked about the word holy. Holy simply means to be set apart. God actually set apart a specific holy day of rest. Now listen, this is Old Testament commandment, and this is actually not written to us. This is written to Hebrews. This is written to, to Jewish people. This is our our faith, our religion, actually began with the resurrection of Jesus. However, we don't throw away the Old Testament. We use the Old Testament to reference, for the Old Testament was a foreshadow of what Christ was doing, and we gained principles from the Old Testament. The Old Testament law was fulfilled in Christ, but we use it because it's part of our story, and it's where our faith comes from. The word Sabbath is related, is a word, or a Hebrew word, called sabbat everybody say sabbat that word sabbat means to cease or stop god actually created a day and called it stop this is a sabbath day sabbat it means to stop the first sabbath was in genesis jesus worked or our god created the world in six days, and on the seventh day, as an example to what we should do in our lives, as an example to the people and to Hebrew law, he rested during or at the end of his creation. He rested, he blessed that day, and he set that day apart and called it a holy day. God commanded his people in Exodus to, first of all, to cease from their labor so they could rest refresh and refuel. Another reason he created the Sabbath was also to remind people that they were free from slavery. As we read in Exodus a while ago, he set that day apart to remind his people that they are set free from Egyptian slavery. 
As children of God, they were no longer required to work without rest. It was in honor of him. This is what I I give you this day. Honor me with this day. And I'll give you this day and you don't have to work, but honor me with this day. Now that was Old Testament law. And we are not under that Old Testament law. We have liberty. We don't, we are not required by Old Testament law to keep the Sabbath as a holy day as the Jews did in those days. So what do we do with our liberty? What do we do with our free time? Americans, do you know that Americans work more hours weekly than most people in the Western world. Would you believe that that's true? I was reading something this past week that says that Americans work as as many as 47 47 hours on an average week. 47 hours is the average work week of the United States. Now let me ask you guys a question. How many of you work more hours than that? (laughs) You can say I I probably work beyond 50. Absolutely, that's what we do in our culture. We are all... Guilty of that. You know what the average work week in Canada is? 36 hours. Canadians work an average of 30. I say we invade Canada. Let's go. <laughs> we got a Canadian over here. And get this. And all of our working and all of our trying to get ahead and providing our way of life and all that we got going on, Americans have growing issues. We wonder why we have growing issues with anxiety and stress I'll tell you why. Because we work in excess of 50 hours a week. And then we fill up our weekends with activities that wear us out and down. We don't keep Sabbath day of rest. We wake up Monday morning hating our lives. We don't keep a Sabbath. A lot of times we wonder what's going on in our families. We can't get along with our spouse. We can't get along with our kids. We can't get along with people at work. We, you know, we got to go to counseling. We got to, you know, we got to, uh, we, we suffer anxiety. We suffer depression. We have to go get counseling. We get on meds eventually. We get all stressed out. We get high blood pressure. We overeat. All these things are happening. We think it's problems. Really, a lot of it is we just don't keep a Sabbath. Could that be it? We have a midlife crisis and a breakdown, a nervous breakdown, all these things going on. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like slavery. That sounds like Egyptian slavery for the Israelites where they had to get up seven days a week. They had no choice but to work and they were a slave to their lifestyles or they were slave to the Egyptians. And I believe that sometimes we can be a slave to our lifestyles. And that's why God made it a law. They didn't have a choice in the Old Testament. This is how you were created. This is, I'll give the example. God says, I'm going to give you the example as God. This is, how, this is how I created the world. And you were created to rest at least one day out of seven days. So first of all, God gave us a sabbat, a stop day in the Old Testament as a requirement. But today, it's not a requirement, but it is more a principle. It's more of a concept And when we don't keep the Sabbath, when we don't stop, it affects our lives. So God gave us the Sabbath in order so we would remember to stop. Number two, God gave us the Sabbath in order that we would remember to honor him. In the 10th verse of Exodus, the 20th chapter, it says, But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest, and not only rest, but dedication to the Lord, your God. Think about that. God says, I want you to honor me by resting. Have you ever thought about that that, that, that there is honor in our Lord by resting? 
How can that be? One of, think about that. One of the ways that we honor the Lord is through rest. How? Because God wants, why does God want us to rest? Because he wants our best. And you can't God, give God your best unless you get rest. Amen? I mean, think about that. In order to serve God, in order for you to be an evangelist, in order for you to, to wake up and go to your job and have a good attitude, in order for you to go through the day and not be stressed out, you've got to be rested. If, if, if you want to give God your best, you better get some rest. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, you need to be rested. I don't care if it's worship, attending service. If you, think about this. Think about, what, think about what attitude you bring to the table of your life whether it be through church and through serving or through it be, maybe it's through your job, maybe it's through working, maybe it's with your spouse. Why are we, I mean, if you think about why we're stressed out, if you think about why we bicker, if you think about, you know, why we're unhappy, I can tell you a lot of times it goes back to the fact that we are stressed out because we are not rested. There was a reason why God made it law in the Old Testament. And God says, hey, I want you to honor me. In fact, you will bring honor to, to me as God when you're rested, because you bring your best to the Lord when you are rested. If you, honor, if you want to honor God with your life, keep a Sabbath day. Get some rest, because your best you is a rested you. Amen? Number three, God wanted us to remember a Sabbath because he wanted us to remember that it was about faith in him. It's about a stop. It's about honoring him, and it's about faith in him. Think about that for a second. Keeping the Sabbath is about faith in God. Why? Because a lot of times we think that if we don't stay focused, if we don't keep our nose to the grindstone, if we don't keep at it, then we will miss something or we will fall behind. And God knew that we thought that way or we would think that way. And in the Old Testament, what he would do is he promised them, if you'll keep my Sabbath... I will provide in six days what you need for that seventh day. In fact, there was a seven-year harvest, or there was a, there were, God would have the fields actually take a rest after seven years. So in six years, they would harvest the fields, but on the seventh year, he would say, okay, don't harvest that field. In the sixth year, what I'm going to do, so you can give the land a rest, I'm going to give you so much I'm going to give you surplus on that sixth year. You're going to get double for your trouble. You're going, you're going to get doubly blessed so you can rest that land for the seventh year. That takes faith. And God would get on the Israelites if they worked on the Sabbath. That was actually a death penalty. How I many even are glad that we don't live in the, the Old Testament time? You could die for something like that, but he, he made them this promise that I will take care of you if you will have faith in me and trust in me. We need to believe that God is going to take care of us, that we can, we can work our five or six days and believe that God is going to take care of us in our wet rest. It's not about being lazy. It's about resting. It's about trusting God. If we, don't, if we keep running, we will run ourselves thin. We must set our schedule. The truth is, if you don't run your life, it will run you. Are you hearing me? If you don't set your schedule, your schedule will dictate you. I know that there, and listen, I know that there are seasons in life. I know that there are seasons in life where there are no days off. I'm with you on that. I understand what that looks like. 
I, I do that many times. I, I, I can't point back to my life and say, you know, that, there was a season in my life when I was like that. I have seasons about every year where, where I, you know, there are no times off and it's, there are no days off. I get it. But there's a difference between seasons and decades. And it's affecting our lives if we're not resting. So here's the deal. At some point, we have to begin to honor God by trusting him and honoring him with a day of rest. According to the Old Testament, Sabbath was always meant to be a day of rest, a day of worship, and a day of honor. Now let's, let's go into the New Testament. I just got a little bit of time. In the New Testament, we see Jesus. Jesus is our example, right? Right? So Jesus is our example. So a lot of times when I'm trying to figure out what we should do, I'll look at what Jesus did on the Sabbath or whatever, and I'll say, okay, this is what Jesus did, and this is our example. So let's look at what Jesus did. Three things that Jesus did on the Sabbath. First of all, he attended public worship. And Mark 1 and 21 says, Jesus and his companions went to the towns of Capernaum. When the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. In Jesus' day, there, was no, there were no churches the teaching was in public. It was in public squares, which was the synagogue. And th- these were the assemblies. But in those days, a day of rest and a day of worship were tied together. Do you know that that's, that has improved in our culture? Do you know, and you, of course you know, but I'm just, this is kind of a rhetorical question, but do you know that in our culture, it is actually possible to have a day of rest or a sabbat and a day of worship. Is that possible? Uh, let, me, let me say it like this. It's actually possible to have Saturday and Sunday off. <laughs> Is that possible? Now, I know that we don't all do that, but in our culture, in our society, it, there's, we actually get a, a Sabbath or a day, a, a day to rest, and we get a day of worship. Okay, are you on the same page? Do you agree with this? Even if you work Saturdays, even if you work Sundays, it's possible to get a day of rest and it's possible to get a day of worship. We can actually, and that's, that's the way our, our culture is conditioned, that it, that's actually possible. But what do we do with our weekends? What do we do with our Saturdays and what do we do with our Sundays? We don't rest. We fill it up with playing. We fill it up with, with sports. We fill it up with something. It doesn't matter. But when we get a day off, we play so hard and we fill it up with things and wonder why we are stressed out. We don't rest on Saturday. We don't rest on Sunday. What do we do? We tell ourselves that we have these days off, but in our culture, we fill it up. We fill up our weekends. Here's the day. You have to fight. You have to fight for your Sabbat. You have to fight for your day of worship. If you don't fight for these days, you won't get these days. So Jesus, Jesus attended worship. Number two, Jesus ate. This is one of my most favorite things that I see Jesus do on the Sabbath. Matthew 12 and 1 says, at about the time Jesus was walking through some grain fields on the Sabbath, his disciples were hungry, so they began breaking off heads of grain and began eating them. You know what this, okay, so notice that Jesus, a lot of times, or most of the time when we see Jesus eating, it's in a house and it was a big deal. In those days, breaking bread was huge, that they actually had large tables where people would actually recline as they ate. They'd be laid back, you know, eating, you know, laying on their elbow, you know, giving it one of these. That's how they ate in those days. And it was a big deal. Breaking bread, that was a big deal to bring somebody in your home and you would eat with them. It was huge. So we see this. We see Jesus actually getting fast food. 
Just walking along. We're not going to go back to the house and eat. We're going to eat right here. Here's the deal. Eating with people fulfills an emotional need in our lives. And think about, think about tying a Sabbath, a Sabbat, with actually eating. That, that, that is a really big deal. I'm, I like, I like if, if I come together, we hang out, that's one of the things that I like to do. I, I like to connect with you and eat with you. You know what I'm saying? In fact, I always say this, if we ain't eating, we ain't meeting. Hey, Travis, are you coming over? I don't know. You got anything to eat? I don't care what it is. You know, this, that's one of the tough things about fasting for seven days. It's just like you got no reason to hang out with anyone. Now we ain't going anywhere. Here, have another, have eight ounces of water. Shut up. Here's the deal. Let me ask you a question. When is the last time, and I don't mean to, I'm not pointing fingers, a message like this, I preach to myself. I have a tendency to be a, you know, I'm a workaholic type of personality. I mean, I'm an everyday kind of guy, get up, go hard, go all week, I'll rest when I die kind of a person. That's the kind, but listen to this, when is the last time on a day that you designated for resting, I don't care about the day, just a day of resting, that you sat at a dinner table with your family and had dinner and broke bread and just discussed the day with no distractions. When is the last day, when is the last time you did that? Now, maybe you, you've got that under control, but a lot of times with our schedules, we don't have time to eat with each other. Everything's on the go. Everything's on the fly. Here comes the weekend. Everything's on the go. Everything's on the fly. We got to get up and go to church. Everything's on the go. Everything's on the fly. We never sit, sit down and do this wonderful thing of breaking bread. Do you know that Jesus, the night that he, was, he, would, be, he would be arrested and the day, next day cru, uh, crucified, do you know that the last thing that he wanted to do was eat with his disciples? The communion? The breaking of bread, you know what he said to his disciples in Luke? He said, I have so, so looked forward to this, this last time. There is something powerful about breaking bread with people that you love sitting around a table. And it, it, it's, it's coming together. God gave us this gift. It fulfills an emotional and a spiritual need on the inside of us. And, but we're like, you know, grabbing hot dogs, grilled cheese here and there. Hey, there's a season for that but you're missing out on what God has for your family. And then we're wondering why things are, why things are disarray in our families and our homes. And we're wondering why we can't get along with each other. We're wondering why our kids are strung out. We're wondering why our kids are rebellious. We're wondering why all these issues are going on. And we think, hey, I need to go to counseling. No, you need to just rest. You need to take a break. You know, one of the most powerful things that you can give each other as a couple is a day off of rest together. When is the last time as a couple that you got away from everybody and just focused on each other a day of rest. When is the last time you did that? I mean, we don't even know how to vacation. We go have so, we, well, I don't want to get into what you do on your vacation. <laughs> Lastly, Jesus healed and ministered to people on the Sabbath. In Matthew, the 12th chapter, in the ninth verse, Jesus walks into the synagogue on the Sabbath And there was a man over there with a withered hand. And the Pharisees were watching him closely because they wanted to arrest him and kill him. 
They wanted to know whether or not he would heal on the Sabbath because that was considered work and not rest. And Jesus, knowing what they were thinking, looked over at them as he was about to heal this man and said, is it lawful to do good or to do bad on the Sabbath? And then he looked at him again and said, you're a bunch of hypocrites. Which one of you on the Sabbath, if you did not have an ox fall into the ditch, would not, and he used this word, would not work to get that ox out of the ditch? And then he looked back at the man and he said, extend your hand. And he extended his hand and he healed him. And as I was reading that, I thought, you know what, one of the things that we do, one of the things that we do when we are rested on the Sabbath is we serve. There are people in our lives that, that we don't have time for. There are people in our lives that need you at, at your rested state. Do you know that, that you have the opportunity to minister to people through serving God, whether it be at church, whether it be in the community, but you don't have time because you've given all your time to all the other things that you do in a week, and there are people walking by you every single day, and you're so rested. It's not... It's not because you're a bad person. It's because you don't have time, because you don't have no rest. And the, and the thing that they get from them is your third best because you're so strung out from all your schedule. You're not keeping a Sabbat. Jesus took time on the Sabbath to heal people. Jesus took time on the Sabbath to teach people. Jesus took time on the Sabbath to minister to people. And that's the example that he gives us in the New Testament What does that look like in the New Testament church? If you want to flip over to Romans, the 14th chapter, and the 5th verse, I think this is the best summation. This is the best summation. This is the Apostle Paul. Romans 14 and 5 says, In the same way, some think one day is more holier or is more holy than another day. While others think every day is unlike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it in honor of him. So it's no longer about a day. I want to make that very clear. This is not about not working on Sunday, okay? This is not about what, you know, what obviously we worship on Sunday. This is, this is not about all that. This is about a day that you set apart as holy that you have a Sabbat. I'm telling you, this is probably something that we need to make a first thing than anything else in our culture. Most families don't have a Sabbat because of our weekend schedules and because of what we do all week. But this is what God gave us. In the Old Testament, it was law. In the New Testament, it is a principle. And we were created for this. We were created for a Sabbath. Amen? I want to close with this. And I want to ask you a question. Do you keep a Sabbath? See, the thing about Sabbath is it's, it's, it's a cycle. It's every seven days. Yeah, I'll get a day off in, in March. That's not keeping a Sabbath. And I'm not, you know, I know that there are seasons, and like I said before, I know there are crunch times, and I know there are times that we go through. But I'm telling you, We need to condition our lives to keep a Sabbath. So let me ask you that question again. Do you keep a Sabbath? God gave it to you as a gift. He gave it to us as an example because he knew that we would try to stray away from that. And if you don't keep a Sabbath, everybody in your life is getting 
another version of you. Your family's getting a worn out, tired you. Your job is getting second best effort. Sunday mornings, Sunday mornings you'll come here and you'll be like, yeah, I, I just got to get this done. There are people always telling us at Faith Co. Church, they were like, you know, we have about 125 people that serve at Faith Co. Church every other weekend. Or, or, or we have about 125 people that serve on the dream team. But a lot of people come to us and say, hey, I'm going to have to take a step back. Think about that for a second. And I understand, I know you've got to focus on, th- there are people that go through situations and trials in life. I'm not talking about that, but a lot of people say, I need to take a st- step back because of my schedule. People are so busy, and I'm, I'm not pointing any fingers, and I don't, I don't even know who I'm talking about today. I'm not, it's not about that. I just want you to consider this. People are so busy in a week that they have, have to take a step back from serving for an hour and a half at church. And that you're too busy. We're too busy. And you're missing out on what God wants to do. I hear people tell me stories and I think to myself, and I see, can you see that this was an important day for people to be a part of? You're missing something if you're not a part of people crossing the line and saying, I'm a part of the body of Christ. You're missing out if you're serving in kids' ministry or, or whatever, and, and, and you have the opportunity to spend time with a little with a baby. You're missing out. And if you're all worn out, you say, Well, at least I'm here. You're missing out because you're here. But are you really? Or are you just tired and worn out? Listen, there's a reason why God called us to keep a Sabbath. You got to figure that out. And I don't have the answers for what's going on in your life. But I want to pray with you right now that God will give you that Sabbath. And you'll make plans and you'll carve it out. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. And Lord, if we've been confrontational, it's not because we're trying to point fingers. It's because we want us to be challenged and grow. So I pray, Lord, that you will speak to every person here, Lord. Wherever we are, whatever needs to happen in our lives, we've been given a, a certain knowledge today. Maybe, we, maybe we're at a place, and you brought us to a place today where we crossed the line that we have, and I believe that's, that's what you've done. We've crossed the line, we've gained a knowledge where we can't go back. Now we have to change. We have to make a decision about change. So I pray that we make the right decision today. As your heads are bowed, and I believe God is speaking to all of us today, If I were to say, how many of you need, how many of us need to grow in this? I'm sure most of the people in the house would say, absolutely. Me, personally, I need to grow in this. I was highly convicted. I don't like preaching sermons where I'm highly convicted. This is a message that highly convicted me. This is something that I'm committed to in this next season of my life. If that's you, you'd say, Travis, I'm going to commit to this. And I just want you to pray with me in agreement. If you're seated next to somebody that you love or you're close to, you might take that person by the hand. We're going to pray together about this. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person that's here. I pray for every person that wants to grow and keep in the Sabbath. And I don't know what that looks like for jobs. And I know that people work on Saturdays and Sundays. And I can't, I can't tell what that is for everybody. And thank goodness, Lord, it's not just about a day anymore. It's about a decision. Lord, you gave us this day so we would be reminded to stop 
You gave us this day, Lord, so we would be reminded to honor you. We can honor you when we rest. And you gave us this day, Lord, so we would trust in you. So I pray, Lord, that that's exactly what happens. And and if there's anybody here, Lord, and I know that there are, including me, that needs to grow in this, I pray, Father, right now that we commit to this. Tomorrow we got to take action. Today we commit to it by your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, say amen. If you'll continue to bow your heads, I want to pray one more prayer. If you're here and you don't know Christ, he's not Lord and Savior of your life for whatever reason. Maybe you can say, Travis, I have never asked Jesus to be Lord and Savior of my life. And today I feel like I want to do that. Or maybe you can say, Travis, at some point in my life I walked away from God and I want to rededicate my life to Christ. That's okay. You, you can do that too. Whatever your story is today, you know, we've been talking about honoring the Lord through the Sabbath. The first way that we honor God is to give Him our lives. We need to give God our lives. That's the first step. So if you're here, you want to do that, we make it easier. You don't have to raise your hand or you don't have to stand up. You don't have to walk down here. We won't single you out. We won't embarrass you. We won't go back to where you are. I'm just going to pray a prayer. The only thing I need to know is if whether or not we have people here that want to give their lives to Christ. So between you, me, and God, if while nobody's looking around, if you can say, Travis, if you'll pray, I'm going to pray it with you right now. And I'm going to make things right with God. Real quickly, put your hand up and put it down so I know I'm praying for people. Can I I see your hand in the front? Anybody else? See your hand in the back over there. Anybody else? Anybody else before we pray? I'll ask one more time, then we're going to pray. All right, as we pray, just repeat after me, and we'll all pray this prayer together. Today's the day you give your life to Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as I am before you today, I give you my life. Jesus, I ask you to be Lord and Savior of my life. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and wash me clean and whole. And I believe in you, Jesus, that you died for me and rose from the dead. And from this moment on, I commit my life to you. From now on, I belong to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Come on, guys, let's celebrate.